0: Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. Amen. We're continuing our series this morning, The Promise, and uh, the title of today's message is Why Speak in tongues. Why speak in tongues? A college professor at Southeastern University of the Assemblies of God was teaching a pneumatology class. Pneumatology is the study of the Holy Spirit. And he was really taken aback by the lack of understanding among his students regarding speaking in tongues. He asked for a show of hands in the class from those students who disagree with the doctrine of tongues as the initial or first sign or evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Only a few hands were raised. So then he asked for a show of hands for those who agreed with that doctrine. And to surprise, only a few hands were raised. He impulsively asked for a show of hands from those who didn't understand the meaning of tongues as the first sign of being filled in the Holy Spirit. And almost the whole class put their hands up. This, of course, was a shock to this professor because here were all of these students who themselves spoke in tongues, were attending a Pentecostal college, they were preparing for Pentecostal ministry, yet they were clueless and confused about the significance of tongues and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I would dare say that if this is the state of those who are studying for Pentecostal ministry in a Bible college, how much more might it reflect the state of many who sit Sunday after Sunday in our churches? As a result of this lack of understanding, it has led to a devaluation of the place and practice of speaking in tongues in the lives of believers and in the church today. Many churchgoers, because they simply just don't understand the significance of speaking in other tongues... They don't think it's important. They don't seek to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Even some who have been baptized in the Spirit fail to exercise the gift of tongues regularly to the full extent of this provision because they don't understand its significance and importance. And for this reason, I believe it's vitally important for us to ask the question, why speak in tongues? Now we can't cover all the why's today, but we're gonna look at some very important basic reasons. Because if we don't understand this, that lack of knowledge about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues will cause us to ignore or neglect this vital experience, this powerful gift that God has given and that God desires for each and every one of us to have. And it will rob us of the fullness of what God intends to do in, and through our lives. For this reason, we need to understand the vital significance of speaking in tongues, and as a result, I pray that those who have not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit will hunger and thirst to enter into this experience, and those who have been filled will begin to exercise the gift of tongues to its maximum potential. Now realize, tongues is the sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The purpose is to empower us for ministry. But speaking in tongues is a sign that we have entered into that empowerment and it is a wonderful gift of a prayer language and a language of worship that gives us a direct communication with God. Read with me if you will, Acts chapter two, verses one through four. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues or flames of fire that separated and came to rest upon each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now this experience of speaking in tongues is repeated on numerous occasions throughout the book of Acts. And the fact that believers spoke in tongues was the initial sign, the first evidence that they had received this experience, that they had received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. God purposefully chose tongues as the sign of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and he intends tongues to be an ongoing evidence of his power and presence in the life of believers. Mark 16 says this, it says, These signs shall follow them that believe. Let me ask you, are you a believer? Amen? About 20 of you? Let me ask you again. Are you a believer? Yes. Amen. Better, better response. <laughs> these signs shall follow them that believe. Not these signs shall follow missionaries. These signs shall follow pastors. These signs shall follow a select group of. No, these signs shall follow them who believe. That means you and you and you and you and you. Everybody that raised your hand, that means you. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall what? Speak with other tongues, it goes on to say they'll heal the sick and they'll cast out demons, which is the supernatural power flowing through us. So this uh, gift of speaking in other tongues is intended for every believer but why is tongues so important? Why did God choose tongues of all things to be the sign of the baptism in the Holy Spirit? That's what we're going to look at today, and again, there are many more reasons. We're only going to cover three of them that I believe are very significant for us this morning. First, speaking in tongues is a sign of God's control. Speaking in tongues requires submitting to the Spirit's control. In in Acts 2, 4, it says, they began to speak as the Spirit, what? Enabled them, so they had to yield to the Spirit's power that was flowing through them. In the King James it says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. They had to make a choice to allow the Spirit's promptings or the Spirit's utterances that he was placing in their spirit to override their natural thoughts, their natural language, their natural abilities of speech, and speak through them what God wanted to speak. You know, I read several years ago an incredibly interesting article Uh, in the New York Times, it was titled, A Neuroscientific Look at Speaking in Tongues. These were secular scientists that they were intrigued by this phenomena of speaking in tongues. So they began to do brain scans on two groups of people, people who were praying in their natural language and people who were praying in tongues. And they were amazed at what they found this study took place at the University of Pennsylvania, and they took brain uh, images of this group of people, and they found that in the people speaking in tongues, the area of their frontal lobe, which is where we think, it's where we make decisions, it's the willful part of our brain that controls what we do. that part of their brain, which would normally light up, it was lighting up in the, in the brains of those that were praying in their known language. It lights up when we speak. It lights up when we make a decision. But when they were speaking in tongues, that part of their brain didn't light up. It was dormant. And they were astonished. And the, the regions of their brain that involved maintaining consciousness, that was active. So they said that means that these people are not in a trance. They're awake, they're alert, but they said it is unclear what region of the brain is driving this kind of behavior. They couldn't find any part of the brain that was being triggered to make people speak in tongues. Why? Because it's not coming from our brain. It's coming from the Holy Spirit. The article said the amazing thing was how the images supported people's interpretation of what they said was happening. The way they describe it and what they believe. Notice they're saying they because they're not Christians. They're talking about the people that are speaking in tongues when they interviewed them. They said the way they describe it and what they believe is that God is talking through them. And the science supports it. Because no part of our brain lights up when we're praying in tongues. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. One scientist by the name of Newberg said, the part of the brain that normally makes them feel in control has essentially been shut down. You can't be in control at the same time that the spirit is in control. It requires surrender to the Holy Spirit. So, science supports the fact that speaking in tongues is spirit inspired speech that is not coming from the individual's own brain. And being baptized in the Holy Spirit is all about yielding control to the Holy Spirit to where we are no longer in control. Folks, if you want to float in the ocean, you got to take your feet off the ground and let the ocean control you. Am I right? And if you want to move in the flow of the spirit, you got to let go of your control and let God take control. In fact, in the Old Testament, he described it with a a vision of a river. And he, saw, uh, he showed the prophet a, a, a vision of a river that was flowing. And at first, it was to the ankles, and some people were just to the ankles. Then it was to the knees. Then it was to the hips. And then it was a river that was so deep that you could only float in it. And that river depicted the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, folks, some people, they just want to get in ankle deep. They just want a little touch of God's presence. Okay, a little touch will do me. I'm, I'm fine. I got a few goosebumps. Let me go home. Some will get into the knees, okay, Lord, I want a little bit more of your presence, some to the, to the hips, but you know what? We don't get to flow in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues until we get into that flow that is so deep that our feet can't touch the ground anymore, but we are being carried along by God's Holy Spirit. Read it back in Ezekiel chapter 47. But anyway, speaking in tongues is a sign that the Holy Spirit is in control, not just of our tongue, but of our life. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not us getting more of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit getting more of us. What do I mean? The moment you get saved, you are born again of the Spirit. The Spirit comes to live inside of you. He's either living in you or he's not. So when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you're not really getting more of the Spirit. He's getting more of you. It's a deeper degree of surrender where you're giving the Holy Spirit control. In James 3... Verses two and eight, he tells us that our tongue is the unruliest member of our body. No man can tame it. I mean, if we could, James said we would be perfect and we would be able to control our entire life. That's what James tells us. But if we'd be honest, we have to confess that our tongue gets us in trouble all the time, right? We're we in a moment and, and the emotions rise and suddenly we say something. And the minute it comes out of our mouth, we know we should not have said it. It it just came because the tongue is extremely difficult to control. James is telling us one of the reasons that God chose tongues as the sign of being filled with the Spirit. James also uh, uh, compares the tongue to a tiny bit in a horse's mouth, that little piece of metal that they put in the horse's mouth or to the tiny rudder at the back of a ship that can change the direction of an entire ship. He says the tongue is a tiny little member of our body, but your whole life will follow the course of your tongue. Because let me tell you something, if you have a sharp tongue, it's going to direct the entire broken relationships, losing jobs, nobody wanting to be around you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. So it, it can turn the whole direction of your life. And he says no man can control the tongue. And, and, and that's what the gift of tongues or the sign the evidence of tongues is all about. It's about surrendering ourselves to the Holy Spirit so that he now has control over this unruliest member and can speak through us what God wants to say through us. The Holy Spirit now becomes the, the captain of our ship so that he can stare us where even our tongue, the rudder of our life, he can stare it where he wants it to go. To, to use it to worship God, to use it to pray, and to intercede according to the mind of God. The baptism with the Holy Spirit comes with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, signifying that God has gotten a hold of the bridle of our life, and he's gotten control of the rudder of our life, and now he can move us where he wants us to go. He can do with us what he wants to do. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues is a witness that we are yielding control of our life to the Spirit. That's why speaking in tongues is important, not just when we first get baptized in the Holy Spirit, but on an ongoing basis. We need to be praying in tongues and worshiping in tongues on a regular basis because every time we do, it is a yielding of ourselves a surrendering of ourselves to the Holy Spirit. So we need to live a life that is continually surrendered or yielded to his control. And that's why receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so difficult for many. Um, man's battle from the garden has, to be, has been to be in control. In the day that you eat of that fruit, you shall be as God. You will be in control. You can direct your own destiny. You don't need anybody else telling you what to do. And that battle remains in us that we want to be in control. For many who struggle with receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is because there is a battle for control. A battle for control. I see it at this altar when people are seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden the Spirit starts moving on them and and they just kind of freeze up because they they don't want to give in. They want to be in control. Acts 5.32 says God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. And to obey means you have to surrender your will to the will of another. You have to surrender your will to the will of another. So to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there has to be a surrendering of the control of our life to the control of God. We have to die to self and allow God to have his way. And God chose tongues because it's all about who is going to be in control. There can only be one person in control of your life. It's either you, and if you're in control, then you only get what you can do. Or God can be in control, and if God is in control, then you get what God can do. Amen? I don't know about you, but I don't want just what I can do. I want what God can do. Amen? Praise the Lord. But, but, but this is the reason that many people struggle with, with receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We had a lady in our church many years ago, well, almost 30 years ago. Most of you were not around. She doesn't attend our church, hasn't for years. So you don't know who she is, so don't try to guess. But anyway, um, she was a very wealthy lady, a businesswoman and um, she came, got saved in our church and everything, and was with us for a couple of years, you know, through times when we preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and gave altar calls, and she couldn't get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So she made an appointment to come and see me one day, and she was just irate. She wanted me to stop preaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she said, all you ever preach about is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I opened up my file cabinet, and I showed her files and files of sermons on different subjects. And I took out one file that was just about that thick, and I said, these are my sermons on the Holy Spirit. These are my sermons on marriage and forgiveness and, you know, all these other subjects that were there. And so she went on, and and she was very upset, and she was like, if this was something we really needed, then God would have given it to me. She wanted to be in control of everything. You could see it, and I didn't want to say it to her, but I was saying, I'm seeing the very reason why you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, because you want to be in control of everything, you know. Of course, I didn't say that to her. Hallelujah. Let the Spirit be in control of me. Jesus, give me grace right now. Amen, amen. (laughs) But this is the struggle uh, that many people have. They want to be in control, and they're like, you know, "If, if, if this is something we really needed, then God would have given it to me. And their objections stem from the fact that the flesh is fighting, because to be baptized is to be immersed. We are to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, and and that's a surrendering of ourselves to the Spirit's control. And the one who controls the tongue controls the life. The one who controls the tongue controls the life. The one who controls the tongue controls the heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, a man speaks. If if the Spirit is in control of our heart, then he can speak through us in other tongues, whatever he desires to speak. So uh, the first uh, reason for speaking in tongues is that it is a sign of the Spirit's control. Second reason, speaking in tongues is a sign of dependence on God. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. When we speak in tongues, it requires depending on the Spirit. Jesus this kind of complete dependence on the Father when he said, the words that I speak, I don't speak of myself. It's the Father speaking through me. And the works that I do, I don't do them of myself. It is the Father working through me. There was this complete symbiotic dependence on God flowing through him. And and as we noted from the neuroscience research that I referred to earlier, with the brain imaging, the source of tongues is not the control center or speech center of our life. It's coming from God, flowing through us. So it doesn't flow out of our natural intellectual abilities. It is a supernatural flow, a supernatural source. The Bible says they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The adverb as means to the same extent, in equal degree, at the same pace as. So the Spirit gave them a word, they spoke it. The Spirit gave them a syllable, they spoke it. And as they spoke it, the flow continued. If if, if you don't speak it, you gotta take that first step of faith, that first step of surrender. If you don't take that first step step and speak it out, you stop the flow. So as you speak it out, you're surrendering to the Spirit's enablement, the flow will continue. Hallelujah. When we pray in tongues, we're acknowledging our human weakness and affirming our dependence on the Holy Spirit. In Romans eight twenty six through 27, it says that, you know, when we don't know how to pray as we ought to, the Holy Spirit comes and lays a hold of our weakness and prays through us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And it says, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. The Father knows what the Spirit is saying. It doesn't matter if we don't know what the Spirit's saying, amen? For the Spirit pleads for believers in harmony with God's own will. See, we don't always know how to pray and we don't even always have the strength to pray when we're going through something. But when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit takes a hold of our weakness in prayer and he begins to intercede through us in these languages that we cannot put into words and he's praying according to the mind and heart of God. And this becomes the basis of our experience of his power being made manifest in our weakness in all areas of our life. Tongues is a vital necessity for every believer as we need the power of God to live as he's calling us to live and do what he's calling us to do. As we pray in tongues, we're taking a posture of dependency on the Holy Spirit, and it releases the power, the strength of God into our lives to overcome the weakness of our flesh. Third reason, and I'm trying to move fast because I know we're limited on time, but the third reason, speaking in tongues moves us beyond the natural into the supernatural realm. When you speak in tongues, you are experiencing the miraculous. We speak in our known language, we are relying on our own abilities and our own intellect. That's why uh, the, these speech centers and the frontal lobe light up when we're speaking in our own language, because we're speaking out of our own ability and our own intellect. But not so when we're speaking in tongues. As I've told you, I speak really bad Spanglish. My mother was Cuban, my father was Lebanese, they both, he spoke Arabic, she spoke Spanish, we spoke English in the home, so uh, other than knowing some Arabic words, some of which I should not know because my father was not saved, hallelujah, (laughs) Um, and knowing some Spanish, I didn't speak either language fluently, but when I was in high school, I took three years of Spanish in high school, I took a couple of years of Spanish in college, and I know a lot of vocabulary, and I know about how you should conjugate the verbs, but on the fly I don't exactly do that too well. Amen. I tend to say everything in the present tense. And so even though I've studied and I got A's in all of those classes, I was an A student. I got A's in five years of Spanish class, but still I have difficulty speaking Spanish. But when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I had no difficulty speaking in another language. It just flowed through me. Amen. When we speak in tongues, we're speaking a language we never learned. And we have moved beyond our abilities, we have moved beyond our intellect, and we have transcended spiritually into another realm. We have moved into the realm of the supernatural. When you speak in a language that you have never learned, it's not something you can do yourself, and it's not something that human reason can explain. It defies logic, and it opens up our soul to the miraculous. Every time you speak in tongues, you are exp- you are experiencing the miraculous, and it is God saying, I am flowing through you in supernatural power. I'm flowing through you in miracle-working power not just for yourself, but so that you can minister to others. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak in other tongues. They shall heal the sick and cast out demons. Miracle working power flowing through us. I'm gonna abbreviate this story, but we have a healing prayer ministry. Used to meet in person on Friday nights. I'm praying we'll get back to that place. But um, we would have like 10 intercessory prayer groups. We'd make appointments for people to come in for an hour of healing prayer, deliverance prayer. And we were seeing God do incredible uh, miracles. And we were always booked to the hilt and had a waiting list and what have you. We had one lady that came, her name was Linda. She was 34 years old. She had gone to Mount Sinai Oncology Unit And the doctor had told her, I believe it was her second bout of cancer, and that she was stage four. She only had a few months to live, that she was to get her uh, business in order. And when she came out, her countenance was fallen. She was a young single mother of two boys. And she was just handed a death sentence by the doctor. One of our ladies, who is a nurse in the oncology unit at Mount Sinai, saw her countenance, realized something was wrong pulled her to the side and began to speak to her and comfort her. And the nurse from our church said, we believe in miracles. God heals cancer. And she said, you know, we have this healing prayer ministry, and, you know, I'll make an appointment for you. I'll meet you there, et cetera, et cetera. So she did. So the lady drove, because Mount Sinai is all the way down Miami Beach. The lady lived in Homestead. The lady drove all the way from Homestead, came up here. We put her with a prayer group. And you could see when she walked into the church the depression that was on her. You could just see her entire disposition. We put her with this group. They began to pray for her. And when it was over with, she came out and her friend the nurse was waiting for her and said wow what happened to you you look so different your face is radiant and she said to her she said you know I really didn't understand a whole lot of what was going on she said there was somebody praying for me and a couple other people were speaking in languages I didn't understand but while that was happening she said I saw two men in white come and stand on either side of me. This is an unsaved woman. I saw two men in white come on either side of me, and a voice said to me, Do not be afraid. I'm going to heal you. And she said, At that moment... At that moment, the fear, the depression, the anxiety just left. And she said, I feel such a wonderful peace and joy. Well, anyway, they asked her to come back the next week. She drove again, came back the next week. The following week, they ministered to her. She accepted Jesus Christ and they felt the Lord had healed her. Well, anyway, she left. We didn't hear from her again till about two, three years later. I received a card with a picture of her and her two boys. And she was saying, thank you for opening your church to pray for strangers. She said, I have no trace of cancer in my body. She said, I was healed that night. She said, I was healed that night. She said, "Um, because of your church and its prayers, she said, my boys will have a mother to raise them, and she said, I want you to know, she said, I'm continuing to walk out the faith I found that night. She said, I've found a church down here in Homestead, and I'm attending with my two boys. Folks, the people that prayed for her were not a pastor or a televangelist or a missionary. They were people just like you. They were volunteers from this congregation, amen, who were filled with the Spirit and the supernatural. The natural power of God was flowing through them. And God healed a woman with stage four cancer because the miracle working power of God was flowing. That's what God wants to do through each and every one of us. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. I still have her picture and card in my office, amen, because every once in a while I pick it out and it just encourages my heart to say, you know what, God, you are still moving. You are still working. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Speaking in tongues is meant to be a door to the miraculous flowing through us. The early church understood this, and that's why they flowed in in, in miraculous healing and deliverances on a regular basis. It's why in Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John were going up to the church, to the temple for a prayer meeting, and they saw a lame man by the gate begging, they said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And instantly the man was healed. What, how could Peter say, Such as I have? He had the supernatural power of God in him, he had the Holy Spirit. He had just been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You have exactly what Peter had. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. There was a lady in our church. Uh, she, they were with us, her and her husband, for about 15 years. Um, we were having a Friday night prayer meeting. She was filled with the Spirit, having a Friday night prayer meeting. I was over there in that corner. She had just come in and was in the back, and she had knelt down in her chair, facing into her chair, praying like this. And a few moments after praying, God said, look up. And when she lifted up her head, she saw a lady had come into the church that she had never seen before and God said, I want you to minister to her. So Mabel stood up and felt, okay, God must want me to witness to her and lead her to Christ. So Mabel went and sat next to her and introduced herself and started talking to her about Jesus, and then led her to the point where she said, do you want to pray to receive Jesus as your savior? So the lady said, okay. So Mabel said, all right, get up and come with me to front. What Mabel didn't realize is that the woman was paralyzed from the waist down, she had on braces on both legs and she had crutches and so the woman kind of laboriously bent over and started to take the crutches and then Mabel said, at that moment I felt bad because I realized I could pray for her to receive Christ back there but I'd already said it so I didn't want to make it awkward so Mabel waited for her to get her crutches and slowly make her way to the front and so she came down to the front, Mabel started leading her in the sinner's prayer and while Mabel was leading her in the sinner's prayer, the woman screamed and took off running. But Mabel didn't even realize what had happened. Mabel was a very gentle spirit. So Mabel thought, I must have offended this woman somehow. So Mabel was really feeling really bad. What did I do? Why this woman got offended and screamed and left? But a few minutes later, the ushers came in and they came looking for me. And I was on my face over there uh, in that corner. And the usher came up to him and he said, um, Pastor, I'm sorry to bother you, but there's a crazy lady in the back parking lot asking to talk to the pastor and uh, wonderful woman of God that I am, I thought to myself, crazy people's why we have ushers. You should deal with them. <laughs> Hallelujah, but the spirit was in control, so I didn't say anything, amen, amen, grace, grace. So I got up and I went with the usher, and as I walked out the back door to the back parking lot, this woman who I had never seen before comes running towards me like a racehorse, and she said, "Are you the pastor? Are you the pastor?" And at that moment, I didn't know if I wanted to say yes." <laughs> and I said, Yes, how can I help you? And she said, I've got to tell you what happened. I got to, I heard music and I came in and I was sitting in there. And she went through the whole thing. And then she said, and then I came to the front and, and she started telling me, repeat after me. And I really didn't even know what I was saying. But suddenly I felt this heat go through my whole body. And she said, I screamed. She said, I'm sorry if I interrupted. She said, I screamed because I had just been fitted for new leg braces because my legs had atrophied. And they gave me new leg braces to fit You know the shrunken legs and she said at the moment that that heat went through my body she said i felt the pain of the braces crimping into my skin and she said i had to run out to the bathroom to take them off and she took off running and she came back to me and she said i couldn't do this before and i said praise god god has healed you And she said, no, you don't understand. She started jumping up and down, ran around again. She said, I couldn't do this before. And I said, yes, I do understand. God has healed you. She said, then why aren't you more excited? Does he do this kind of stuff all the time? (laughs) And I said, well, yes, he does. (laughs) She had been in a car accident. Her car had rolled over multiple times she had been injured in her spine and um, had been paralyzed from the waist down for three years and of course the legs had progressively atrophied but that night God instantly restored her legs. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. And again I want to call your attention to the fact that Mabel was not a preacher, a minister, a pastor, televangelist, not even a ministry leader. Mabel was a spirit-filled believer through whom the miracle working power of god was flowing if you have been baptized in the holy ghost and speak in other tongues the miracle working power of god is flowing through you and he said these signs shall follow you you will speak in other tongues you will heal the sick you will cast out demons when my mother went into hospice last year for the final months of her life, we found out about something called Papa's Pals. I don't know if any of you have heard about it, but, you know, because the full weight of caring for her was on me and I also had, you know, full-time ministry responsibility and my mother progressively became paralyzed from the neck down to where she was completely dependent for everything. And it was just overwhelming. And, and uh, I found out about Papa's Pals, which was provided through her insurance. And it uh, her insurance at that time allowed unlimited visits of these Papa's Pals, free of charge. And these Papa's Pals serve as companions to the elderly, and they will help them, you know, they'll keep them company, they'll help them with simple tasks and errands and what have you. And by God's grace, because I prayed for any caretaker that we had, by God's grace, we got a wonderful, spirit-filled woman named Nicole, and she was such a help and such a blessing. And she would come two days a week, and then I hired somebody another three days to come six hours during the day so I could work and do what I needed to do. But this lady came twice a week, sat with my mother, fed my mother, talked with my mother, prayed with my mother, put on worship music, and, and sang with my mother. And it just took a load. For those six hours she was there, it would just take a load off of my shoulders so that I could work, prepare sermons, do what I needed to do. And had I known about this program, because I found out about it several months into the journey, had I known about the program earlier, I would have set it up a long time before and had them coming on a regular basis because it was such a wonderful blessing. And it was a blessing to my mother as well. She loved this lady. After a while she couldn't remember her name, but she would say, you know the lady that makes me laugh, is she coming today? (laughs) She just loved her because she brought so much joy. But you know what, if I had known how wonderful this program was, if I had known about it before, I would have set it up a long time before. Let me tell you something, if you truly knew what a blessing it is to speak in other tongues, You would seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And once baptized in the Spirit, you would want to speak in tongues every opportunity that you could. Hallelujah. The gift of speaking in tongues is the evidence that we have received the promise of the Father, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it's all about giving the spirit control in our life. It is a sign that the spirit has control and that we are dependent on God's supernatural resources. It's how we move from living and ministering in the natural to living and ministering in the supernatural as the miracle working power of God flows through us. We need to speak in tongues, not for some hocus pocus mystical experience, but because it is a wonderful blessing It is a direct and immediate communication with God, and it is vitally important to our spiritual life and to the miracle-working power of God flowing through us to make God known in the world today in a real and living way. But the promise of the Holy Spirit is only available to those who have given their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to be a believer. You have to be saved. And so we have all sinned. And because of our sin, we were cut off from God, separated from God, and that's the whole reason that Jesus came from heaven to earth, lived a sinless life, and offered his perfect life on the cross as a sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sins. So the moment that we repent, and the word repent means to turn away from, we turn away from our sin, and we turn to him in faith. The moment we repent and place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are forgiven, We are born again, we are made spiritually alive, and we are brought into relationship with God as our Father. And then we can receive all the other wonderful blessings that he wants us to have, including the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. Would you bow your heads with me? You're not here by accident today. You're here because God loves you. And God arranged for you to be here. He brought you here today because he wants a relationship with you. And he's calling you today to place your faith in him and repent of your sins so that you can become a child of God and you can receive all the wonderful things he desires to do in your life and you can have a relationship with him. If you're here today and you would say, pray for me, pastor, I want to repent of my sins. I want to be forgiven and I want to place my faith in Jesus. I want to have a relationship with God. Or maybe you did that several years ago and you've drifted away. And you could sense the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart to come back. And you would say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to come back to God. If you fit into either of those categories, I want to come to God or I want to come back to God. And you would say, pray for me, Pastor. Just slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up and say, pray for me, Pastor. Thank you for that hand, and another, and another, and another, and another, and another. Is there anyone else? Thank you for another hand. Amen. Thank you for another hand, and another hand. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask all of you that raised your hand to say a simple prayer with me. It's not my words. My words are not special, but it's your heart in faith reaching out to God. Just pray this prayer with me, in church, pray it along to encourage them. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. And I believe that you love me so much that you died for my sins. Today, I repent. I turn away from my sinful life. I ask you to forgive me. And I turn to you in faith. And I invite you to come live inside of me and help me from this day forward to live for you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want to be the first to congratulate you on making the best decision of your life, and I want to welcome you to the family of God. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to take out your phone and just text "I prayed" to the number on the screen. Why? Because that prayer is a beginning of a lifelong journey of following the Lord, and we want to help you take your next steps to follow the Lord. And so, if you just take out your phone, text "I prayed." We want to send you free of charge a little e-booklet that will help you understand the prayer you just prayed and the next steps to keep growing in your relationship with the Lord. So, text "I prayed" to the number on the screen online, type, I prayed in the comments, we'll send you a response message a little bit later today with a link. Click the link, fill in your name and email address, and we will send you this little booklet free of charge. But once again, congratulations. For those of us who have already been saved, God wants to give you the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit so that you can be filled with this miracle-working power of God, so that you can have this wonderful gift of this supernatural prayer language as well. And he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit this morning. All it takes is believing, desiring, asking, and then receiving. It's that simple. Believe that this is for you. Uh, Desire it. Say, God, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask, Lord, fill me now with your Holy Spirit. And then receive it by beginning to just praise Jesus right out loud. It's very simple, it's not complicated. God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. So if you've not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit or you want to be refilled with the Spirit, would you just make your way to the altar? We want to pray with you. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.